What's up, everybody? This is Shaheen Hakimi, and you're listening to Live at the Cafe, recorded live at Venture Cafe Cambridge, where innovation is for everyone. The following is a segment of a community talk given by Denise Johnson entitled Slaying Bias in AI, an Implementer's Guide. In her talk, Denise explains how to implement AI systems in highly regulated fields, such as finance and insurance. Denise has been named a fintech thought leader and top 100 regtech influencer. If you're interested in hosting a community talk, please submit a proposal online at VentureCafeCambridge.org. What we're seeing right now is, uh, in the current state, some of the companies that um, actually uh, have been experimenting, uh, well, actually large numbers of the companies have been experimenting, and then um, uh, some of them have uh, done multiple false start, uh, starts, and then uh, they're actually pulling back which is, you know, we have a very significant number of uh, co- uh, companies that are out there invested. Uh, and actually, a friend of mine who's a VC has said that the investment in Q1 and Q2 of this year has already doubled last year's full investment for AI. So really a lot of investment is going in, but adoption is uh, the ones that we're experimenting is actually pulling out because they uh, they can't put it into production. And then there's the ones that have jumped in. Uh, they're actively using it in different ways. And there's the wait and see. And I was actually speaking to the Massachusetts Bankers Association on innovation and how to partner with fintechs on Tuesday. And they are all in wait and see. They're small community <laughs> banks. They're like, <laughs> we're not going to touch this one. Um, it didn't help that the regulators were in the room as well. So. <laughs> But um, just walking and uh, talking about the next steps, I mean, this is, uh, you'll, most of you will be very familiar with it, but the, um, in the recent PwC survey, the, uh, in the challenges of AI adoption, the top is that it's black box. 75% of the CEOs have said that that is the main reason of uh, uh, that prevents them from actually putting it into production in a high-scale multiple uh, areas um, and in areas where I call it as core decision but it's uh, uh, where there's going to be consequences where you have to actually explain to your um, regulators so um, bias and lack of transparency is the key um, I also added uh, uh, ethics legal and regulatory requirements into that black box because it all comes back to um, this being black box and not being explainable. Um, the data is the second, and I did it in like the, at least I try to do it in the importance in the scale. Uh, the data is the second thing. The f- it starts with the conversation of do you have the right data to answer the question. Actually, it starts with do you have the data, period. And then the second is, do you have the right data? And then, do you have, is it accessible? It's simple, but it's, um, then is it usable? Is it clean enough to be usable? Um, And so that's the second piece that's the biggest challenge to adoption according to the uh, recent CIO survey. And then, 
the other one is the work the third one is the workforce and leadership and when i say leadership it's uh it's this um skill set we're hearing a lot a lot about we don't have enough data scientists um uh, the reason i'm bringing this up is as a part of the um uh, this uh, lack of skill set to implement these AI models. Um, there's uh, there's a push to make the AI. I think the terminology that mo uh, some of the uh, software companies are using is democratizing AI. But when they say that, um, how co uh, close is it? Because who's going to check that? Um, so that's a, just a question I'm going to leave out there. But uh, so skill set, lead, uh, leadership, and le when I say leadership, it's the strategy. What, do, what is your strategy? What's your goals? What are you trying to do? Um, uh, the th fourth thing that comes up is the cost value and return on investment. And actually, it's uh, s uh, um, one of the things that comes up, especially startups have a uh, have been asked uh, when the companies, AI companies that are selling to large institutions are asked to help with the ROI instead, um, not just, it used to be just the vendor's problem before, but now they're asked to help in biz um, uh, customers to provide that uh, ROI because it's, they're trying to figure out a business use of this uh, technology. Some are very clear, some are not. Um, I think, the, again, the, there's a lot of hesitancy. Um, and then the process also encompasses strategy, culture, what do you want to do with the... Uh, and there's one more that was a challenge that was listed as an adoption, uh, which is not here, is the cyber. Cyber security to these models, to the data, is actually a quite a big concern, and it's on the top of the regulators' minds. Um, last, uh, two weeks ago, at Bank AI, um, after a conversation around biased, um, this was something that number of the um, undisclosed companies that are uh, funded by the government had come and talked to us about. So, um, well, you you all know the um, unintended uh, consequences. These are pretty uh, valid. So the this, these challenges to implementation are not unfounded because we have a lot of unintended, unexpected consequences when things go into production. Um, the ones that, I'll just give a few of them. Uh, in the mortgage loan pricing, Wells Fargo had the $175 million fine. Uh, there is an, uh, an insurance company that got fined for higher rate, uh, they provided higher rates for uh, people of color. Um, this, this is actually, you know, at this point not only is it proven, but they, had, they got fined about, I think, 20 million. Um, Should be higher. <laughs> huh? Should be higher. <laughs> well, that w they were able to catch it early on. But then, um, were they using AI to machine learning? They were using machine learning to determine how much they are doing. Mm -hmm. The algorithms, the models, yeah. I, I remember seeing this ten years ago. Yeah, which Banks one? The were, uh, kind of biasing against uh, people of color. Yeah, I think um, so. The one example that's coming around the loan 
uh, I mean, sorry, the j uh, people ending up in jail. Um, there is a, a models, AI-based, machine learning-based models that judges are using now uh, that uh, gives a pers um, percent chance. Uh, uh, it, it is supposed to make it uh, fairer uh, for the um, sentence. So, but what's happening is a uh, it's looking at the old data, you know, pre previous data. So, um, people of color are getting actually much higher higher risk. So, which means when their risk is high, the sentencing comes very. Uh, so it's based on the bias data. You yeah. will have internal bias. Yeah. In exactly. So, these are going on, and I can give more examples, but we, you know, let's just continue <laughs> and um, so meanwhile in the industry so that we talked about all the um, media uh, the scare you know scary things that's out there and it me meanwhile in the industry these are the and this is what I'm showing is the uh, top bots uh, put this together is the enterprise AI companies this is this doesn't include everything but this is the latest version so we have this many AI companies. We have even more customers of these AI companies. This doesn't include all the startups. And then um, I actually went through, took the time to go through about uh, select 20 um, on their marketing material. All of them say that they're fair. All of them are trustworthy. They're accountable, transparent, and explainable. At, at that point, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to go through the uh, remaining 100. But what you have is um, there it's, it's all done. I mean, you, know, you have a, a pretty well-known AI company that is working with a lot of the financial services right now is saying that they have addressed the bias. They're done. There's nothing to be worried, worried about. They actually were in in a number of the American banker conferences announcing this. It's done. And then there's the other ones that are saying that, oh, you know, it's if you have speed and accuracy, you really don't need to worry about bias because the uh, if you have speed and accuracy, every you know, the value of that is better than the risk of having um, bias. So that's a you know, we have two polar opposites on the vendor side. It's um, uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, and then when you ask the customers, because as I said, I work with a lot of uh, startups. When you ask the customers, they're, uh, they're saying that this all, all of these explainable uh, com products they don't understand the controls. They don't understand what it means to put it into I implementation. Um, and removing the uh, protected variables, which is the race, gender, zip code, has not solved the problem at all. It's not for where they need to be in highly regulated industry. Now, I do want to pause for a second. There are other areas where this conversation where, you know, you can, you can do the ignore the risk component but for what uh, for
core decisions where you have to have a risk related to a um, um, insurance. You know, if if you're making a decision that's going to affect people's lives in one way or another, that's that's where I co call a core decision where this argument no longer is valid. Um, so. At the same time, we, are, we have a lot of things that are going on in the regulations, and um, everybody has heard about the GDPR, which is already in effect. Uh, UK is about maybe, well, they were the first ones to do anything about uh, AI on the regulations. These are all the other ones that are coming up, and what I didn't put here is the open banking um, uh, rules. So in January 2020, um, Australia is going to be man is mandated to be in, on open banking, uh, followed by UK right after that. That totally impacts the AI work. We um, and then the other thing that I wanted to just mention is that these regulations are actually are uh, are pushing people from jumping in without any thought into production in these core decisions, because if we didn't have these uh, limitations, um, it would be, I, I don't know if how, to, how better to put it, whack-a-mole, because you wouldn't be able to figure out where your, your uh, biases have stuck in, unintended consequences, because we don't, you know, we're at the beginning of this journey. So, um, so this is this is pretty much where I'm going to just spend a little bit longer time. But do ask me questions if you want to stop me. But from my perspective, solving the bias is a multifaceted approach. So one of the main things that I'm seeing again, I'm in the fintech world. Um, the first core thing uh, is. Um, most of the startups, most of the c vendors are actually looking at the ven uh, uh, technology first, then the w trying to fig figure out where to fit this in. So, um, the other thing that's happening is compliance and controls, especially uh, controls, are an after afterthought. And uh, most of them, because they're looking at the technology first, and then putting in the controls as they uh, bump into them in these large firms, so it's a um, an afterthought. Um, so uh, it, the first thing we ha we have to be looking at is that you know what business problem is this the right product and this is this needs to be both from the vendor side and also from the um, incumbent uh, from the large firm. Um, so. I'm looking at this as a three-step. Uh, one is data, which is very, you know, we have data scientists here, we have quants. <laughs> so, um, you know this, it's, uh, you have to look at the input, you have to look at the uh, lineage of the data. That lineage cannot be broken, uh, especially with the GDPR rules, how you're using the data, um, how, uh, where that data came from, what, uh, um, what shape it was when it went in, you know, you have, and then what data cleanup you have done, do you have the enough data? And then also looking at 
existing biases in the data, so, you know, the example of the uh, uh, people of color being discriminated, but there's also missing data. Um, my example on that one, because it's a little bit simpler, if you are in a lending uh, situation and traditionally a group like Native Americans um, have been outs uh, outside of the lending, uh, you know, traditional financial systems where they're not taking loans, when the time comes and uh, they start asking for loans, there's no data about them uh, to give that loan. They'll always be, and uh, the reality is, you know, AI and machine learning is actually um, uh, statistics on steroids. Um, so anomalies, anything, any, anything outlier will be eliminated, and that is one of them. Um, the, so data, the second piece is the models, and um, so we're looking at the data, we need to be able to identify um, existing biases, all, you know, all of the components, and then the next thing is the models. We need to look at the models and, you know, these are the things from an implementer perspective that I think we need to do. I'm sure there is, from a data science perspective, from the um, uh, other components, because we have two data scientists now in the room. <laughs> Um, uh, from uh, there might be other components, but in the basic, you know, from an implementation perspective, the scenarios where the models are designed for need to be um, checked on the, uh, you know, this is the scenario that I planned for when I'm, you know, is it is it programmed for that? That so that's one. Is any changes I have made in the model? Um, once I have made them, as the machine is calibrating, is it tracked? Is, it, is that lineage still there? Uh, so one of the companies um, that's being used in um, uh, financial services, it's natural language, it's, it's kind of a, it's not a chat bot, bot but kind of, it's, it, it, it uh, attaches on top of uh, uh, Alexa you know, and others, and then uh, it's specifically designed for financial communication. So uh, it's called Abe AI, and what they do is they actually are using um, uh, blockchain to do the, all the um, versioning um, of the uh, models as they're happening. So they, they have a very different... Um, uh, uh, you know, governance of the model. Um, and then drifts in output, drifts, you know, as your models are changing, as you're testing it, um, as your uh, model is drift, you know, you have to have a way of figuring out that it has drifted outside of your um, uh, guide rails. You have to look at the output. A output is this still the expected output. So there's a um, example um, that I just recently read. So one of the challenges of getting medical profession, uh, the doc, uh, AI, uh, to assist in the diagnosis with the doctors is um, if you uh, the f in the tests, 
if the uh, machine gives a diagnosis the doctors are, uh, that doctors do not agree on, uh, they'll say that the machine is wrong. And uh, if it is correct, then why do I need the uh, machine to help me with that? So it's, it's a <laughs> so, but you have to look at the output as well. And then in the wild, so, okay, you, you've done all of the, um, you looked at your data, you looked at your models, and then you put it into production, you have released it to the wild. But I do have to say, in highly regulated in industries, as number of you are already in there, to go from here to here, we have so many controls. Most of the trading, trading companies will not allow any open source in the same environment as um, a trading system. Um, so there's going to be so many hurdles and control points. Those are, for, uh, those are right now not even sufficient to bypass, you know, to monitor what's happening. Um, and because of that, um, use, um, companies are not really actually going in. This is one of the reasons why regulators are our friends right now. Um, but once you get to here, this is where you, you need to be um, continuously looking at business controls and processes. And what I mean is, you know, you have to have a way of monitoring your model in the wild as your world is changing, as your data is changing, as your, um, uh, as your processes are changing. And then you have to be con continuously uh, testing, monitoring, and tracking. And tracking is a core requirement that is where I said uh, uh, governance is an afterthought for most. So, before I jump into that, any questions here before I, all right. And then tools and techniques, and um, so this is um, where I, the, the discussion has started. This is a new, uh, you know, we're at the beginning of a AI conversation. Um, there is a new market uh, happening. Uh, because there's these tools and um, techniques are being developed in multiple areas. This need is getting identified because, you know, aside from the other slide I showed you where there's, there's the group that ignores it and there's the group that says take the risk, no, no big deal. There are actually software firms that are in, uh, looking at it, you know, the, the, the Google, IBM's, Google's, and um, Allegiant is one of them. Um, of course, there's a lot of uh, discussion on the academia. The big most amount of work is on the academia um, uh, coming out of uh, MIT as well. Uh, they actually have developed a couple of tools. And then they're also uh, spinning out some startups that are looking at this. Um, and I'm starting to see this in the data providers as well. Um, and But the um, main core thing is that we need these tools, techniques to identify and resolve bias in AI in highly regulated industries. I actually propose why not looking at AI to monitor itself. So these tools that are, um, that should be looking at AI should be also AI based because how better um, to do that. 
So the company that I'm working with, uh, that I'm on the board, is is a startup called Stratify, and um, they have built their product uh, with the, all of the um, governance already built into model development, and at the data. Um, uh, when they're taking in the data, they actually identify this by, you know, these are the correlations, what do you want to do? And then as you give the feedback, because you have to teach the machine that there is a bias because it's subjective. And then it, in the model, you also have that. And these are all done uh, very um, user-friendly way, like a lot of uh, uh, GUI work. Um, there's another st uh, startup. I'm not involved. Uh, the one I'm involved is the Stratify, but there's another uh, com startup called Tranquil Data. Um, they're doing the association of the data, so the data lineage. The um, this around in this area, um, and then um, there is a. Um, Italian startup called Clear uh, Clear Box AI, and they're doing they're starting that that uh, effort as well, um, monitoring. And then um, Anthony uh, Habayab, um, he, he was the, he was on the panel on uh, Tuesday, um, mon monitor, uh, and they they're doing the in the wild over here. Uh, once an application goes into uh, a, a model goes into production. So there is, I'm just giving you a few of the names just as a, but th there is movement now for um, for these tools and techniques um, and there's investment going into these. Uh, we're not there, I think, w as implementers, uh, responsible implementation for these products uh, when we're putting the model, we definitely need to keep in mind where, you know, all the ramifications because we don't know enough. It's a journey. Live from the Cafe is produced and disseminated by the Venture Cafe Foundation, a nonprofit organization striving to better connect the innovation community. To learn more about our events and resources, please visit us online at VentureCafeCambridge.org or come visit us at One Broadway in Cambridge, Massachusetts every Thursday from 3 to 8 p.m.